Hi, I'm Sam, and I'd like to welcome Michael DeRozier and Steve Fossen, known for being part of the band Heart. They currently play in Heart by Heart, where they play many great songs, including their old heart hits. Welcome, Steve and Mike. How are you guys doing today? Doing fine. Great. Thanks, Sam. Could you tell me a little bit about Heart by Heart? Like, how how'd you guys decide to to come back and start start playing your music again? Okay, I'll take this one. Take it. Okay, so uh, Mike and and, and and Roger and I wanted to play some Heart songs back for a party back in like 2008, and. Uh, and we needed a female singer and summer was chosen to be the singer and we all met summer that night and we you know and we did a sound check and we learned this you know we did magic man barracuda and crazy on you and summer did a great job and you know we had fun and everything and then i kind of uh that was the first time i met summer and over the course that was in february so over the course of the spring and summer and fall and early winter uh, summer and i got to know each other better and better and better and all of a sudden we became item and uh when, and then we were an item and uh people would and so we would sit around the house and i'd play bass and she would sing and so we people heard about that and then we would do people's dinner parties and and family get-togethers and stuff like that and we even did a wedding and a funeral oh and then other people <laughs> other people in the business heard about us so then we started doing guest appearances at jam nights and uh wine bistros and stuff like that and through through that recognition a guy up in uh, uh and so we were just a bass and vocal duo at the time so a guy up in alaska in anchorage had a show with uh, dwight yokum and he wanted an opening act and he contacted me and i said sure we'd do it but we thought wow just having a duo open up for dwight yokum would be a little light so we asked randy hansen who's also a, a good friend of ours and he's a he's a hendrix artist guitar player to play guitar for us and we asked mike derosier to play drums and they both agreed and, and we you know we got we worked up a, a set to go up there and play and we were all set to go and then a week before the show was supposed to take place the Dwight Yoakam canceled but we still had a band and we still we thought it was fun to rehearse so we got together and rehearsed some more and then some friends of ours um, were having a benefit for the Susan G. Komen breast cancer awareness and we did that that was our actually our first show and we did that we raised quite a bit of money for Susan G. Komen Foundation and and then at this particular show there were some fans there that kind of told told some booking agents about us and the next thing you knew we were getting phone calls and we got hired to play around Washington State and we made a website and through the website people on the East Coast found out that Mike and I were playing together in the, in the band Heart by Heart and uh, so we started getting people calls from the West Coast and around the nation and pretty soon we were flying out doing gigs and then it just snowballed and looked you know, that's what it is. Wow. So you're, you're back in the whole like, uh, like music thing. That's a, it's gotta be, I don't know. Like it, it seems like a lot of fun getting to play, play your songs, I guess, like, you know, with, with a different group, obviously than it, it started out with, but with some of the, the same soul people, it, it seems like a lot of fun to just like, I guess, revisit those, those great songs. Yeah. Well, yeah. Of course, Mike and I, we play exactly <laughs> like we used to play. Mm. And uh, and we have a very good guitar player in Chad Quist. And we have a very good uh, other guitar player and keyboard player, uh, Lizzie Damont, who also does the background vocals. And then Summer Maystick is our lead singer. Wow. Okay. So, so you got a, a nice, nice sized group where you guys 
where you do your heart music. That's that's great. I I you know as a as a heart fan myself, I I do think it's it's really cool that you guys are 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 back and are playing playing this music. That that's that's really really cool. Back in like heart, Michael, you you joined the band a little later than than Steve, right? Oh, Steve was a inventor. He was a creator. Yeah, so, yeah. And I yeah I joined about seventy five ish. Yeah, and so the, but the band had been up and running for quite a while before that. Mm. So how would you like how would you get into a band that was like already a thing like that? That must have been tough. Like it was completely I don't know. Like it was a already a band, I guess. Well, they must not have liked the guy that they had playing with, <laughs> playing with them. Um, that's I, I was working at a at a place that um, a couple of the people that I worked with knew knew the band, and I was looking for something maybe to get into playing with somebody and they suggested going and seeing Hart at a club so I went up and and uh, met Mike Fisher Roger's brother and Steve was there I talked to Steve I did not talk to yeah yeah we talked a yeah. long time actually and listened to the band I thought they were really cool doing uh, they were doing some originals which that was kind of a little bit unusual back then in the mid 70s to be playing at a club and doing originals as part of your night uh, but yeah they they obviously had a lot going on so um, I said yeah I'm you'd like to hear me i'm i'm game so they all piled into my my bedroom at my parents house on a saturday i think it was a saturday afternoon that since they were in town because you guys yeah they were living in canada at the time mm. in vancouver and uh so playing at, at a place in seattle they all came over and i played for them for a little while and talked about music and and they invited me up to canada and there you were i guess that that was that was how you joined heart then yeah wow wow that, yeah. that's cool i guess i guess it always um it seems like a, a really a really tough thing i guess well no not necessarily tough but you go you go see a group and then wow the next second hey it's me look at that well it wasn't it was great to because i thought they were really a good band and so I, for them to be interested in me i thought that was really great because i was ready i would i had been playing with some guys we kind of broke up and uh so i just had my job i think i was still going to college but that was i was kind of losing interest in that i'd been playing musicals and doing all kinds of orchestra. I wanted to rock some. So, mm. um, yeah, meeting those guys, and I thought they were really a good band. Yeah, yeah. So just just uh, th at that point, it was still new for all of us, really, Yeah. in a lot of ways. And and at the time, Hart was was known for, we, we had a, like about a 25-minute Led Zeppelin medley. Really? And, uh, and we were kind of known for that, and we played quite a few Led Zeppelin songs at the time and Mike DeRozier was also known as being a big uh, John Bonham devotee and uh, he because of his training and knowledge and desire and everything he really captured the, the, the Led Zeppelin uh, vibe he played drums for when we did those covers mm, so so you you guys would say Led Zeppelin was like one of one of the band's greater influences oh yeah, yeah. even Anne really enjoyed Led Zeppelin too I mean yeah. she uh, she learned a lot from plant and mm -hmm. uh, yeah 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 so that it's really um it i you know i wouldn't really expect that that heart was such a a zeppelin based band but like now that you mentioned it like that makes a lot of sense that um i i guess like some of your your rockier i don't know stuff like it definitely does does give like a i don't know a led zeppelin ish sound well they would accuse us of just flat out copying <laughs> <laughs> oh really yeah on a couple of things maybe yeah did you guys ever like meet them when you were when you were playing uh, um through circumstances yeah i met bonham in in london we 
Hart did a uh, TV show there called Old Grey Whistle Test. I don't even know if it's still on the air in there. Oh, but... yeah, no, that show's not on the air, but you can look it up on YouTube. Yeah, it's a very, very well-known kind of a variety show in, in England. And uh, we we went over and played, did that show, and Brian May was on the show that night uh, from Queen. And then a bunch of us after that went to the speakeasy club wasn't it mm-hmm. speakeasy club very popular uh late night kind of a joint in in london and uh had something to eat and have a have a couple of pops while we were there and in comes bonham and his wife john bonham and and uh uh what's the guy that managed hendrix the guy that was from the animals Chess, Chess chandler man. uh he was with them and and their road manager i think uh Zeppelin's manager, road manager, was with him. And so I went up and talked to Bonham for a few minutes. And he was a great guy, very friendly, and and, uh, told him about the show. And he knew, oh, yeah. And we talked about them touring. And they hadn't been on the road for a while. And he was really excited about going back out touring. And uh, and then John Paul Jones, we met. Didn't he? He was, after Steve and I left the band, uh, John Paul Jones produced... uh, it was a live, uh, yeah, kind of an unplugged heart, unplugged sort of a thing. Oh wow, okay. And so we we went and saw them do that show, and John Paul Jones was there, and we met him there and chatted with him and stuff. Hmm. But and but and before you joined the band, uh, Led Zeppelin, the whole band came to um, well, Ken Harry's one night when we were. Playing. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> what have you been hiding that? No, they were so. After the show, I mean, they checked us out for a while, and then after the show, we all went upstairs to the to the office kind of room where they had a big pool table and all yeah, yeah. all the members from that's uh, where I met the guys in Nazareth, Nazareth yeah. when they came. They were all playing pool, and yeah. and uh, of course, uh, John was fairly rambunctious, mm-hmm. and <laughs> and uh, uh, Robert was was. Every time a new girl would walk into the room, he'd disappear for a little while. Oh wow! <laughs> and uh, Jimmy Page was in the corner with his doctor. I don't. I don't think uh, John Paul Jones was there that night. Oh. But uh, anyway, it was it was quite a thrill for us to meet them then. Definitely. And, uh, yeah. No, that must have been so cool. Like I guess meeting your your musical heroes. That I guess you did a medley like based on. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Still have a ton of respect for them. Still love their stuff. Yeah. Still listen to it all the time. Of course, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. You guys mentioned you you left the band in in the the mid '80s, and you you didn't really play with the the Wilson sisters until um like 2013. Your Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction, right? Yeah, yeah. Was that like <laughs> was was that a a thumbs up or thumbs down? Like how did that how did that go about? That was that like an an awkward thing, or did it did it feel like good to be back like i i don't know well it's kind of kind of both it was mm-hmm. disappointing in some ways because they uh we only got to play crazy on you mm. and, but it was nice to play crazy on you but at the same time um being there they had the band that they considered their their touring band at the time they wanted to give them a, a throw them a bone so they had them play barracuda i guess i guess that's what the reason <laughs> well i don't know if we'll ever know We'll never know. It was it was a it was very strange. It was a uh, an honor, you know. It's a it's a it's a pretty cool thing to be in there, and I've sort of changed my opinion about it through the years really? here. Um, I didn't really I, I didn't have much, I, I didn't really want to do it actually mm-hmm. when I found out we were going to be nominated, but um, everybody wanted to do it. I thought, okay, if it's cool, great. It's going to be fun, uh, but it wasn't really. Yeah, it was it was kind of awkward and 
And like one of the things we were told, like when we went to Los Angeles, that's where we were inducted. We all flew down in a private jet. We had we had our girlfriends and I had summer with me. And we were uh, the next morning we were invited to go to a rehearsal so we could go run over the song a few times before we got on stage with it. And we were told not to bring anybody. So we couldn't bring our guests with us or any friends or anything like that. And so we figured that meant everybody. But when we got there, Anna and Nancy, they had their whole entourage with them, their dogs and kids and oh, everything wow. else. And so they were there with all their support group and we were there just like going, what? Well, that must have been strange. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was, it was strange. And uh, they were still, uh, uh, I don't know if I should, <laughs> they, they, st- I, I believe personally that they have this, uh, this thing about whether they have some, somehow they've checked us off the list of things that were assisting them and getting to where they wanted to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, uh, they, they just, uh, for some reason, they, they feel like they, they did what they did in spite of us, not because of us. You know, they have, yeah, this that's, attitude. that's interesting, huh? Well, it it must have been like at least getting in inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame like that that was something right like that's a a big deal yeah yeah I mean it was really the whole thing was really cool except for the vibe that we got from Anna and Nancy oh. because I mean we were there with uh, the guys from Nick Rush and there was tons of other you know mega stars that that participated in the, in the induction ceremony and everything and then all the people from the Rock and Roll Hall of, Hall of Fame that that was the first time we met them basically and. And I've and Summer and I have been back, you know, three or four times in the meantime, and they've turned out to be very good friends, and, and they're very dedicated to keeping the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, as as authentic and and real, and preserving the history of rock as as well as they can. So I mean, there's they have they have some really really good points, but then, of course there's the, the drawback that there's a lot of people that say, "Ooh, their, their favorite band doesn't get inducted," so they're oh. yeah, of course. Well, what about Jimmy's band down the street? Yeah. <laughs> There are the controversies, right? That, yeah. That's that's just the way it is, I guess. But it, it's. But I'll, I'll say one thing: mm-hmm. being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is a lot better than not being in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you probably get to flash that around a lot, right? Like, hey, hey, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer here! Like, look oh, at me. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, and you'd be surprised. There are people that that will just come up and they say, you know, the first thing they say is, oh, "I got to shake your hand because I've never shaken shake anybody's hand from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame before." And you know, we make ourselves uh, with heart by heart. We make ourselves available after the show usually. And if people bring heart memorabilia, we won't sign it. And of course, we we do sell uh, heart by heart memorabilia too. So we sign both of them. But it's really a pleasure to meet people. And like one time, this couple with a young lady came up to us. I guess she wasn't all that young, but she was their daughter. She, and they said, "Well, yeah, she was conceived to Dreamboat Annie." Oh, <laughs> okay, TMI, TMI. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting story. <laughs> wow. No, it must be cool to like to I guess I don't know, like not not really get validation, but like get get noticed, like people being like, Oh my gosh, I I love your music, right? Like that that must be a cool a cool feeling. Oh yeah, it is. And it's really cool when you like at the grocery store and you hear Oh yeah. Home Depot playing Barracuda as you're walking down the aisle. It's very strange. Oh, that sounds <laughs> so cool. Yeah. You I guess you like hear yourself up there and like, haha, that's that's me. I played on that. Like look at that. Well, yeah, it's it it's it's surreal. I mean, I I just it's so odd to be shopping for some screws for a you know some trim in your house, and all these other people are floating around, and here comes a song that I played the drums on, 
in the in the but i i guess that's that you get to a certain kind of a classic classic status with with uh, some songs and and it, you never know where it's going to show up in an elevator or home depot or someplace or in a movie yeah, yeah. Movie. so no. it's great I mean, it, that would be cool like you're watching a movie and then then there goes like barracuda or something and it's like hey hey look at that yeah. uh, that's really cool or, or someone in the movie will, will sing a few of the lines because it's wow. so you get, kind of get to see like what you did put like like play an impact on on everything else going on in the world that's that's really nice yeah it's really part of the whole human culture now that's for sure mm. well when was like the first time you guys heard anything anything you did like like heart music on the radio <laughs> steve's got a good story, I got a good oh, story boy. For that. oh boy so we, so we were playing a club in, in in vancouver british columbia and we got told by the management company that the next day a certain radio station in Vancouver, was, and back then FM stations were were it. Mm-hmm. It was uh, album music was was the biggest thing that there was going at the time. Anyway, they said that they they would be playing Magic Man at a certain time, not a certain time, but they, during that day. So I got up in the morning. First thing I did was turn on the radio, and I listened all day long, and I heard every band you can think of, you know, Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, the Beatles, the Stones, just you name it. No heart, though. And we had another gig that night, so I had to take a shower. You know where this is going, right? Oh, yeah. I go in. I get the water all hot. I jump in the shower I, after I turn the radio up a little bit so I could hear it. And as soon as I got wet from head to toe, bam, it comes on the radio. Wow. So I ran out to the front room, dripping all over the place, and I listened to myself on the radio for the very first time, uh, soaking wet and naked. <laughs> hey, you know, at least you got to hear yourself, right? Like you could have, right. if you'd closed the door, maybe, maybe you never would have known. I know. Well, it was the first time, so I'll never forget it, of course. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm guessing you've heard it many times since then. I, I certainly have. I hear it all the time on the radio. Yeah, well, and Magic Man turns out to be one of the highest rated radio songs, uh, highest testing radio songs, which means that when, when it comes on the radio, people do not change the dial. Oh. To the album, wherever they tune into it from until all the way to the end. Hey, well, that's flattering, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I I know you guys are like from from the Seattle area, and I I don't see all that many like Seattle like Washington even like bands. There's like you, Hendrix, and of course the grunge scene. How would you say you've like influenced our our local music area? Like, how have you guys played into that? Well, I think um, the grunge thing was sort of uh, some people would make an argument for the grunge thing starting in the '60s with with bands uh, like like the Sonics. Mm-hmm. I, don't know, I don't know if you're aware of the Sonics or some of the bands that they were kind of more aggressive way back. The Sonics, check them out anyway. They kind okay, of had yeah. this style. It was very in-your-face kind of. Um, so, I, I mean, that's that's a whole kind of a separate thing. But the, the, the grunge thing, uh, I think we helped that in a way because we sort of established kind of the framework for making bands get get seen or get some exposure or have the have the machinery machinery there for them to take the next step um, as far as uh, us and I th- and I think too the fact that we made it from Seattle that that gave them the, the idea that they could do the same thing you know hey we're from Seattle we it's been done before with Hendrix and with Hart and so yeah we got a shot here. And there was also the ventures too yeah. in this area mm-hmm. for that. And that actually, a, a guy that used to work with us and ended up managing Pearl Jam. I think he still does. Oh wow! So he knew he knew the business. I mean, he knew how 
things worked. So, and that knowledge, I'm sure, helped them get set up. Yeah, yeah. So the like the Seattle music scene, I guess, if if, if that's what you'd say, is like I guess kind of kind of closely knit. I I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, it it is it, because the you know there are people behind the scenes that that having experience with with one thing, they can they sort of know what what's required to do it again, and so. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they, you've got those connections that with L.A. and with New York that kind of help get to know some people easier, maybe. And because you've got you can do a little name dropping. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it's a connection thing. And but connections are cool. It, it gets your get your nose underneath the, the tent. But unless you can follow it up with, with some good talent and some really good songs and stuff, good connections don't do anything for you. Mm. Well, I, I guess lucky, lucky for the people that came after you, right? Like they. Yeah. Yeah, they, really, yeah, they, really good. Good. I mean, they had a they lot had to really offer too, though. I mean, they, I like a lot of that stuff myself. Yeah, yeah no, so, yeah. I know. I I saw you guys do the the Alan White tribute. That was like a, a little local music music thing. Yeah, that was yeah. that was cool. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, a half a rehearsal. Oh, half. Oh boy. Yeah, we didn't yeah, have we, any time. Yeah, we, we got to... we got kind of jipped out of our rehearsal time, but that's okay. I mean, mm-hmm. and you know, it just so happens that over the weekend, uh, Summer and I were down in. Uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, seeing Cassie White uh, renew vows for her marriage. Really? And uh, Gigi was there, and uh, Alan's son, and and uh, their grandkids and everything. So that was just yesterday. Wow! Yeah, no, that was that was a cool show. I uh, I, I definitely I, I was there for like the the Salmon Days part of it, and you guys played some some cool stuff. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> So, well, it's good you can rec- you could actually recognize what we were playing. <laughs> hey, yeah. Well, was that your rehearsal? Was that like the the whole thing? Almost. Or... Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it, we didn't have much time at all to to. Uh, it's kind of last minute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Mike and I, we are both sticklers for rehearsing, and we our band Heart by Heart, we still rehearse. I mean, as often as we can. We have a couple of weeks off where we rehearse at least once or twice during those cuts mm-hmm. and just, just get together and go over stuff and try to work in some new songs every once in a while and maybe yeah. create some uh, little segues and little design elements to uh, make the show more interesting. Oh, that's that's cool. So you guys like practice together pretty, pretty frequently. Yeah. Yeah, we've got we've got the heart songs down pretty much. <laughs> But we're we, yeah we're trying to keep stuff fresh for mm-hmm. us so we yeah like Steve saying we're doing some little segues or do some little uh, put some few little bits of different songs together yeah like a, a, when I saw uh, Bert Bacharach a couple of years ago he has so many hits that unless he made medleys out of them you wouldn't be able to you wouldn't time. be able to hear any part of yeah. a lot of songs so that's for us it really works for us to to do some medleys. Mm-hmm. during the night so we can fit in a few more songs and not have oh. to play the whole song yeah that's smart do you have like a, a favorite medley of yours that you guys do or <laughs> well, it kind of always changes yeah oh, we really? change it fairly often so yeah put something together with something else or uh, we do a, a, a little zep thing oh. that we've messed with and changed it around and and uh so yeah that helps that helps keep it fresh uh, after 50 years of playing this. Yeah, yeah, it's uh... not solid. Steve and I have done different things together, mm-hmm. different bands in the meantime. But yeah, it's hey, that's a, a that's a lot of improvement that must have happened though, right? Like since since the beginning, you've you've only gotten better, right? Well, uh, yeah, 
yeah, I mean, I, hopefully. But two, the one thing that we really take a lot of pride in is, and not just Steve and I, but everybody really, we try to stay true to the to the original song. So when we deliver that, you're not let down at all by by us getting fancy with the parts or or trying to you know recreate the song in some weird way, changing the arrangement or what. We stick to the to the song. It's not like we're trying to. I mean, it's easy for us to play the song because we played the song mostly. <laughs> But uh, I I don't like to see a band go out. It's got different band members, or even a band that's still the same lineup as as original, and and take the song that you want to hear and mess with it. I don't unless they're really outstanding players, or you know you're just so into seeing them. It doesn't matter what they do to the songs. I, I like to hear them as they were. So like, so that's what we try to do. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's the only way that you really create the nostalgia. Because people, once if you screw with it, they're always trying to figure out what you're trying to do. But if you go up there and you play the song the way it's supposed to be played and the way it's, and it sounds the way it's supposed to be sound, the way it's supposed to sound, they kind of lose themselves in the music and they 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 kind of imagine the first time they heard it or what was going on in their life when that was a big hit or whatever. Yeah. So staying true to the album that's your that's your yeah. little thing. Yeah, and you know, and the the two people that I always refer to is Paul McCartney and Elton John. And when you go see a Paul McCartney show, he plays the songs just like they were recorded and written. Mm -hmm. When you see Elton John, he plays the songs just like they were recorded recorded and written. So I mean, if they do it, we got to do it too because you know, yeah, it's I mean, way way more satisfying. Way more satisfying. Wow. Well, well, that's really cool, and I'm glad you guys are are still playing. And that that's that's so great that that people can not only hear like I guess your your little Zeppelin medleys, but also your your, like original original heart songs that's really really cool and i'm i'm so glad um the two of you are still still playing music together after all this time and uh yeah 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 we are too thank you yeah yeah well well thank you both so much for talking to me like this has just been fantastic i, I love hearing music stories and and just your your heart stories just of course like really cool like i i hear heart all the time whether it's on the radio or like on on my phone like everywhere it's it's so cool to to get to hear hear what's going on behind behind the i don't know the the album <laughs> yeah good bye see ya bye <laughs>